Hey, Village Church, today's topic is going to be something probably of the adult nature. Yep. So if this is you and you got kids around, press pause. We'll take about three seconds for you to turn them off. Love you. This is the Village Church Q&A podcast, where our goal is to create digital, shareable, and helpful content to make disciples who will go, grow, and overcome. Welcome back to the Village Church Q&A podcast. Pastor Tim and Pastor Michael with you. Pastor Michael, we've got a question that is kind of nuanced here, and I, I think it'll be nice for us to discuss this. Is same-sex attraction a sin? Okay, so we, we have to... In, in terms of attraction, we have to talk about sin in a very nuanced and mm -hmm. specific way. So here's what sin is. Sin is anytime you have something that is created by God to work in a certain way, and we deviate from that way. Mm -hmm. So uh, whether or not it is an impulse, uh, a decision, right? There is a standard that when God created man and woman, male and female, that he created them to function in certain ways, to have certain kinds of desires, to have certain kinds of impulses. And when we deviate from the created order, it's sin. So like you got a car, right? And the check engine light goes on when something deviates from the way it's supposed to function. Correct. So um, you and me, like if you could see a check engine light um, over our brain, there'd be like 45. Every single thing would be going off in most people because like technically – very few things in even the most mature believer's life are functioning according to the created order, if any. So one of the one of the things that we believe about sin is that sin is not just something we do. Sin impacts. Um, I'll give you my my fun categories. I want to write a book on this with Brian, by the way. <laughs> and uh, there are four categories. We call them your thinker, your feeler, your wanter, and your picker. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and all four of these categories are broken. Um, and so the book we want to write is called "Do the Opposite," where uh, we come into this world with all of these ways of thinking, and the Bible comes in and says, nope. Not necessarily. That's not right. Pretty backwards. Do the yep. opposite. And then we have all these feelings, right? And uh, these feelings aren't logical or healthy and whatnot. Like your kids, they come out with like they get angry over That's the dumbest right. things. We're like, nah. Like most of my advice to my kids is do the opposite. And then you get to your wanter. Like, isn't it ironic that almost everything my kids want would actually destroy them in the end? Mm -hmm. It's like, nope, your wanter is broken too. And then the decisions they make, they're pickers, right? Like, like oh, that's broken too. Mm -hmm. And so sin isn't just something we do. It's something that is in us. That's right. We are born into sin. Yes. We are born with a sin nature. It's in my mind. It's in my body. It's in my emotions. It's yes. in my decisions. And so uh, what's happening is these check engine lights are going on all over the place. I'm so impressed you're using a mechanical terminology I here. like to bring I'm... the Bible down to your level. You know, <laughs> That fits my level, man. <laughs> I hope it fits the rest of people's. You know that that feeling of panic when you're like, oh, crap, the check engine light is That's on. Right. You know? Now like, I got to take it Tim. to a mechanic. Got to call Tim. No, but it's that feeling. It's like, wow. When But when you really look at the human condition and there's like 400 check engine lights on, yes. you're like, oh, no, this isn't right. The problem is you don't know that there's a problem until you look at the dashboard. That's right. And most people aren't looking at the dashboard, which is God's word. So, wow, this book is just unraveling before this podcast right now. <laughs> this is amazing. So the, the point, though, is this. Uh, attraction, this wanter, the things you want, right? Um, it's supposed to work a certain way in the created order. Now, if you are not a Christian, you're not going to agree with me. And I love you. And that's mm -hmm. okay. We're working from two different authorities. So you go with your authority, which is culture, and they will tell you what to think and feel and all that kind of stuff. And I'm going to go with the word of God. So, um, so if you really want to know how the Bible 
thinks of this. This is how the Bible treats it. Males are created and designed by God to have heterosexual attraction. Um, this attraction is meant to be kept um, pure and holy and righteous until marriage, where it's able to be exercised sexually with your monogamous spouse of the opposite, opposite sex. sex. Yeah. And you that mentioned males the, and females are the same way. They should be attracted yes. naturally to males. Absolutely. And that males should be attracted to females. Fa- females, females should be attracted to males. Yeah. Good, yeah. Mm-hmm. So that would be in terms of how the Bible views created order. So when I lust or want sexually something from someone that's not my wife, that is a deviation from the created order. Yes. And the more deviations you have, the more sin compounds. And the more you deviate, the farther away you get you get from the created order, the worse, we'll say, the sin is. In fact, in the Old Testament, the stronger the language for this gets. It goes from sin to abomination. You yes. know, like that's a big gap. Those are very yes. different terms in terms of mm-hmm. the weight of what they mean. So the farther somebody gets away from the created design, the um, the basically the worse the sin uh, is in terms of its its effects on you and mm-hmm. other people. Yes. Now we know that all sins all sin separates us from God. That's it. But there are degrees of sin that separate us further from God and further from others. Totally. And take us further away from God's created order. Right on. So like I could I could be angry with you, and anger um, towards somebody else is not always sin. But let's say it's anger over something dumb. Mm-hmm. Well, now I'm deviating from the way that God created my anger to work. Well, that's a very different level than murder. Murder, yes. You know? Yes. And so adultery, right, is not just the sin of desire, but it's the sin of action. Desire is one level, and it is a subtle deviation. But when desire turns into action, that is where the deviation gets even further. Yes. So that's why, like, when we say, like, for example, the the newer terminology in the last 10 years is same-sex attraction. Mm. And so this is not talking about decisions. I know a lot of men and women in our church who have SSA or same-sex attraction. And uh, this is something they didn't choose. Uh, This is something that is a, uh, we'll just say, a deviation from the created order that is in them. Is God upset with them because they have this? No. Does God actually like, I can't believe you have a desire you didn't control? Well, no. But what the person with SSA has to understand if they're going to look at this through a biblical lens is, my SSA is a symptom. It's a it's a check engine light that something is not working according to the designer's yes. plan, and I need to figure out what's what's wrong. If they take that now to another level, which is acting on it, this is now where your your feeler and your wanter are mm-hmm. broken. Now your picker is broken. That's yes. a different yes. level. It's a different yep. level of deviation from the created order. So when you look at when you look at attraction. God has made attraction, sexual attraction to function in a certain way and anything, heterosexual, homosexual, right. anything that deviates from the created order is sin. So the question is, is same-sex attraction a sin? The answer is biblically, yes. The Bible has mm-hmm. literally zero examples or category that uh, same-sex attraction is a holy attraction. That is just not the way the Bible speaks. No, not at all. It may not be convenient for 21st century Western America, but God being omniscient and all knowing and all this kind of stuff didn't miss the boat, right? He didn't like be like, yeah, I could address it, but I'm not going to address it. Mm-hmm. God could have addressed this if he really wanted us to know because he was basically telling people everything that was wrong with the way they were thinking and realigning them. He would have addressed gender and attraction directly instead of speaking negatively against any deviation. So whether or not your your attraction is same-sex attraction, um, a, a adulterous attraction, fornication, heterosexual attraction, whatever it is, 
And again, it deviates from a man being attracted to his wife mm-hmm. or a man being attracted to a woman before he's married, but not letting it become sexual. Right. Not acting upon it. And I think we need to make a distinction here. Had a discussion with a pastor that I served with a, quite a few years ago about this. There is a difference between admiration. One guy can admire another man for his manhood, for his gifts, his talents. Uh, a, a female can admire a woman for her beauty, her talents, her gifts. There could be admiration, but that's different than attraction. At some point in that spectrum, it goes from it's okay biblically to it's not okay and it's sin. Yep. So like when I met my wife, uh, I saw her for the first time and I thought to myself, actually the word in my brain was she's hot and (laughs) I admired her beauty. But it was interesting because- But as you got to know her, you admired more than just her beauty. Well, sort of. <laughs> so we didn't quite get along for the first couple months. So I, I would admire her stories. beauty, but I wasn't attracted to her in the sense of like much beyond that. But I did think she was really beautiful. And I, I was drawn to her. Let's put it that way. I was mm-hmm. drawn to her. I thought she was beautiful. I was drawn to her, but I wasn't like attracted necessarily in that time because yeah. we weren't, she just wasn't into me. <laughs> That's probably the best way to say it. <laughs> I actually remember vividly where I was. I was in the backseat of a Saturn, uh, my Saturn on the way to Florida with five, four friends. And my buddy was driving. I was sitting back to her and I found myself for the first time attracted to her. Mm. Like it went beyond you're really beautiful and I'm interested in you to like, no, I'm like physically drawn to you. Mm. And uh, I just remember that moment very vividly and it was very weird. But that moment wasn't sin. Actually, that moment began our connection of like growing in an actual dating relationship. Mm -hmm. That's like where it really began. And we need to make a distinction, though, is if if you were married to Brian at that time and the girl you're talking about was someone else. That would be sin. Now it's sin. Because right now as a married man, I'm not allowed to give my attraction That's to anybody else. Um, when you're not married, you're allowed, to be attract- you're allowed to be attracted to somebody as long as it doesn't manifest sexually. Mm-hmm. You're allowed to even sexually want somebody and desire somebody as long as you control that desire. That's a natural human impulse. Um, if anybody hears us saying that sexual attraction is a bad thing, then they're not hearing us. No. Sexual attraction is a good thing as long as it is self-controlled, which we have the ability to do. But I give up once I get married, my ability to be sexually attracted to any other Anyone woman. else. I am supposed to be um, in a relationship, a sexual relationship that is ongoing and frequent enough according to scripture that keeps me enamored with her, mm-hmm. which is why in first Corinthians, Paul says, have sex regularly. I'm going to basically interpret so that the devil doesn't give you a foothold Mm -hmm. so that neither of you ever have the need to look to somebody else sexually, even if it's just in your mind in terms of like interest. That's how regular and frequent a couple's sexual life should be. So the point being though is, is, is same sex attraction a sin? Yes. Um, Does it mean you chose the sin? It doesn't, no, it doesn't necessarily mean you chose the sin. There's a lot of things I feel that I didn't necessarily choose, but those feelings are a sign of brokenness. Mm Mm-hmm. And so I, I don't have judgment or like shame on you for somebody with same-sex attraction any more than I do for myself who has strong propensities towards anger or uh, jealousy or whatever strong propensity somebody has. Uh, want, your desires are typically not something you choose. They're something that choose you. And they usually come from a number of experiences when you're younger. So to understand that a lot of those experiences that people don't choose, a lot of things happen to people that form and shape their desires and they find themselves as, you know, junior high and high school students and young adults with these desires. And they're like, well, where did they come from? Well, they came 
partially from nature, partially from nurture. Mm -hmm. How all that comes together is a mystery, but here's what I know. And this is where maybe we should just close. Just because something we're born with it and it's a propensity does not mean it's good. Does not. People are born with propensities towards addiction. It doesn't make addiction good. That's right. Every man I know is born with a propensity towards visual sexual attraction to women once mm -hmm. they hit puberty or before, but it doesn't make their obsession good. You know, we're right. born deviant and I'm deviant and you're deviant and Correct. Dan, our producer, is triply deviant. Well, I'm sorry. Hey. <laughs> Just as deviant as Anyways, my point is like, I, I don't have any... And again, number of my buddies, same sexy trash. I have no judgment, no shame, no condemnation, no nothing for them. I will say I am broken too. Well, tomorrow we're going to come back and we're going to answer this question a little bit more in depth because the question for next time is, what if the impulse or of attraction of my child is oriented toward the same sex? So we're going to get a little more specific. Please come back next time.